hard, so be patient with me, pray for me this morning. And uh, if you brought your Bible to church, take it out uh, to the Old Testament book of 2 Kings. I think we've got scripture projected. Yeah. Uh, we're in 2 Kings chapter 2, starting in verse 1, going to verse 13. Awesome combined praise team today. Thank you guys for speaking in tongues. Yeah. Speaking in tongues on this Pentecost Sunday. Um, but we're not going to talk about Pentecost so much. We're going to talk about 2 Kings chapter 2. I'm, I'm starting in verse 1. When the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven in a whirlwind, Elijah and Elisha were on their way from Gilgal. Elijah said to Elisha, stay here. The Lord has sent me to Bethel. But Elisha said, as surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. The company of the prophets at Bethel came out to Elisha and asked, do you know that the Lord is going to take your master from you today? Yes, I know, Elisha replied, so be quiet. <laughs> then Elijah said to him, stay here, Elisha, the Lord has sent me to Jericho. And he replied, as surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So they went to Jericho. The company of the prophets at Jericho went up to Elisha and asked him, do you know that the Lord is going to take your master from you today? Yes, I know, he replied, so be quiet. Then Elijah said to him, stay here. The Lord has sent me to the Jordan. And he replied, as surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So the two of them walked on. Fifty men from the company of the prophets went and stood at a distance facing the place where Elijah and Elisha had stopped at the Jordan. Elijah took his cloak, the traditional King James uses the word mantle. Elijah took his mantle, his cloak, rolled it up and struck the water with it. The water divided to the right and to the left and the two of them crossed over on dry ground. When they had crossed, Elijah said to Elisha, Tell me, what can I do for you before I am taken from you? Let me inherit a double portion of your spirit, Elisha replied. You have asked a difficult thing, Elijah said. Yet if you see me when I am taken from you, it will be yours, otherwise it will not. As they were walking along and talking together, suddenly a chariot of fire and horses of fire appeared and separated the two of them. And Elijah went up to heaven in a whirlwind. Elijah saw this and cried out, My father, my father, the chariots and horsemen of Israel. And Elisha saw him no more. Then he took hold of his garment and tore it in two. Elisha then picked up Elijah's cloak, his mantle, that had fallen from him, and went back and stood on the bank of the Jordan. Would you pray with me? God, this is going to be super, super hard. Uh, but I guess getting to this point wasn't exactly easy either. Thank you, God, for 
being with me here for the better part of a decade. You're with me before I came. You'll be with me after I leave. And likewise, you were here with us before this church was founded. And God, you're going to be here long from now. God, I pray that as we celebrate um, all it's taken to get us here today and as we say goodbye today, that you would keep us in an atmosphere of worship where it's really you, God, who we're worshiping today and you, God, who we are thanking today and you, God, who are with us no matter where we go. I pray you send me your Holy Spirit with the fire of Pentecost today that I can get through preaching one more time to the people who I love and who you love. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Some of you may not know who I am, and that's a good thing. It means the church has continued to grow, and I pray will continue to grow and see new people come in. So Spirit and Life Church, allow me to introduce myself to you if you don't already know me. My name is the Reverend Matthew Meisenhelter, and in 2010, feels like a long time ago, it was a long time ago, in 2010 I was called upon by the Virginia Conference of the United Methodist Church to start a brand new faith community in the greater Montclair, Virginia area. We have a Pentecostal here today, I hear them already, praise the Lord on Pentecost. <laughs> In 2010, I was sent to start a new faith community in the Montclair, Virginia area. And if you haven't figured it out by now, you're it. In 2015, after five years of hard work in planting this new faith community, the Reverend Matt Benton was sent here to take over at our Montclair campus as I was sent out once again into our diverse community here in eastern Prince William County to start another new ministry, a multicultural bilingual ministry, which now, after two more years of back-breaking work, is meeting down at the end of the hall here at Forest Park with you all on Sunday morning. And now, in 2017, just like the military does, I have again been reassigned by our United Methodist Church to take over as senior pastor at Community United Methodist Church on the Elizabeth River District in Virginia Beach City, um, down south of here, a good long way, five hours last time we drove there in traffic. Uh, Community United Methodist Church is exactly as far as you can be from the beach but still be in Virginia Beach, so uh, it's my cross to bear, but we'll make do. And today, because I have been reassigned, this is my last day with you my babies. And it's a tough day. This is a critical juncture for me professionally, for my family, personally, for our church collectively. I am so grateful that we're going to get to celebrate our ministry together here today, provide some closure and, and, and celebrate all that we've done together. But I want us to set the personal stuff aside and remember that the church is still all about God and not about us. The church of Jesus Christ is all about God and not about me. So on this, my last Sunday here, we focus on the word of the Lord together. Our scripture comes from the often neglected Old Testament book of 2 Kings, or 2 Kings, as some people might be tempted to say. In 2 Kings chapter 2, the aging prophet Elijah knows his time has come. Elijah knows his time has come to step aside and make way for the ministry of the up-and-coming prophet Elisha. Elijah and Elisha. 
eerily similar names, almost like Matt M and Matt B. It's just one letter off, Elijah and Elisha. Elijah knew and Elisha knew that the day had come to pass the mantle. And in the scripture we read today, it was clear that all the people in all these different towns also knew that this was the day that the Lord was going to take Elijah away. The people at Bethel and Jericho kept asking Elisha if he knew this was the day that his friend, his mentor, his predecessor, Elijah, would be leaving. And more than once, a frustrated Elisha said, yes, I know, so be quiet. I won't tell you how my little Sammy interpreted that verse this morning. So Elijah and Elisha are walking together that day, and they encounter an obstacle, a barrier. Elijah and Elisha are walking along, and they reach an impasse, the River Jordan. Now, biblical scholars, Old Testament scholars, if you know your Bible, you know that the River Jordan was a final obstacle that stood between the Israelites and the Promised Land. Old Testament scholars, you know that the Jordan River was an obstacle, a final obstacle that stood between Joshua and his men and the Promised Land flowing with milk and honey that was before them. Joshua and his men carried the Ark of the Covenant and now have reached one final barrier. And God is about to lead them to Jericho and victory and to conquer the land God had promised to them. But now Joshua stands at the River Jordan. Like God had done earlier with the Red Sea, now God again parts the waters of the Jordan and Joshua and his men enter the promised land and go into the victory that we know is ours with our God. But even at that time, Moses didn't make it across the Jordan. Moses' ministry there at the Jordan River had come to an end. And Moses passed on the mantle of leadership to Joshua and his men. New Testament scholars... If you know your Bible, you know the River Jordan is again a very important place in Scripture. You know that the River Jordan is the place where Jesus is baptized by John and where Jesus officially begins his earthly ministry. Biblically speaking, the Jordan River has become this highly symbolic place of ministry transition. Moses passes the mantle. To Joshua. Elijah passes the mantle to Elisha. And Jesus begins his ministry at this same Jordan River, a place of new beginnings, a place of overcoming barriers, of overcoming obstacles, and moving forward into victory, into the land that God has promised. Back in 2 Kings, Elijah and Elisha stand on the banks of the Jordan River, seemingly stopped by what looks to all the world like a barrier. Thank God we don't see what the world sees. 
Because here at the River Jordan, what looked like a barrier was simply a tool God was going to use to work a miracle. And God, through Elijah, made a way where there seemed to be no way. God made a way to overcome the obstacle, to pass through the barrier. God made a way through the Jordan. And I believe it's very significant how God, through Elijah, chose to make the way through the Jordan. Elijah takes off his cloak, his mantle, the symbol of his prophethood, his leadership, and rolls it up and just sort of whaps the surface of the river, and the river parts. The obstacle disappears, and God makes a way. Now on the other side of the Jordan, Elijah and Elisha now finally experience the inevitable, what they knew was coming, what everybody knew was coming. And in verse 11 we read, as they were walking along and talking together, suddenly a chariot of fire and horses of fire appeared and separated the two of them, and Elijah went up to heaven in a whirlwind. Elisha saw this and cried out, my father, my father! the chariots and horsemen of Israel. And Elisha saw him no more. Then he took hold of his garment and tore it in two. Elisha then picked up Elijah's cloak that had fallen from him and went back and stood on the bank of the Jordan. The cloak, the mantle, had been passed. And with it, the symbol of God's mighty, miraculous, wonder-working power. Though, of course, the symbol itself isn't the power. And here's what I want to draw out of this scripture today for you. When it looked like they had reached a dead end in their journey, God made a way. And when they thought they were all alone, Elijah and Elisha were really surrounded by the army of God, even though they couldn't see it. You know, on days like today, we might feel like Elijah and Elisha felt on that day. <sighs> Hurting, grieving, confused, maybe even lonely, empty, powerless. Yet even now, though we can't see it, we are surrounded by the chariots and horsemen of Israel. And even though it feels like there's these different barriers and obstacles that we just don't know how we're going to cross, God still promises to make the way where there seems to be no way. So don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of the future. The future should be afraid of you. Say amen. Don't be afraid of the future. The future should be afraid of you because you are surrounded by the chariots and horses of Israel. Know that the battle belongs to the Lord. Don't stop. Don't stop planting. Don't stop growing. Don't stop inviting your friends to church. Keep working. Keep serving. Keep doing what you know to do, and God will take care of the details. Because just when we think we've reached a dead end, God is about to part the waters. Like at the very cross of Jesus the Christ, what looked like the end was simply God setting up for ultimate victory. Crucifixion leads to resurrection, so don't grieve the past today only, 
but celebrate God's bright future for you. It is often the case that a departing pastor will leave the congregation with some words of wisdom so that the incoming pastor uh, won't have to say some tough stuff themselves, and I'm happy to do that today, just like Elijah asks Elisha, well, what can I do for you before I leave? Well, I'm happy to do that today and to pass the mantle on to Matt Benton and you as I share with you these final thoughts. Ministry is a hard life, often a lonely life, often a misunderstood life, and sometimes a thankless life. Leadership in general and ministry in particular requires making hard, gut-wrenching decisions. And because we can't always share confidential information, it's not always possible for everyone to have all the facts to understand why a leader in general, or a minister in particular, has made the decisions that they have. But still, so often humans will jump to conclusion and render judgment without all the facts. Being a pastor means making hard, gut-wrenching decisions without being able to explain always why that's the decision you've made. And very often the decisions people think we've made are not decisions we've made, but rather decisions others have made for us. So I simply leave you with the plea to give your pastor the benefit of the doubt when it comes to the many more heart-wrenching, hard decisions he and others will have to make inevitably as we move forward with church leadership. Be patient with Pastor Matt Benton as he picks up the mantle of leadership that I'll leave behind and he will take over supervisory authority over both our services, our English and our bilingual service. Be patient with Pastor Matt Benton as he makes hard decisions for his own personal life, like every night having to decide whether he's gonna sit through another three-hour church meeting or actually go home to have dinner with his wife and family. Be patient with Pastor Matt Benton as he tries to align the difficult competing interests of different groups in the church with the interests of God and the mission of Jesus Christ in this community. Be patient with Pastor Matt Benton as he has to choose daily whether to do what he believes will make people happy or whether he chooses to do what he believes will make God happy. Because we can't always do both. I leave you with Pastor Matt Benton, and I tell you what, guys, I'm convinced he's the leader God has chosen to be your pastor now and moving forward. I want to celebrate Pastor Matt Benton for just a second. And so as I leave you today, not on a chariot of fire, but in a Chrysler town and country minivan, It pains me to say that I will not be here next Sunday, but the church will be. I will not be here next Sunday, but God will be. I will not be here next Sunday, but the Holy Spirit will be. I will not be here next Sunday, but I sure as anything hope you will be. 
And that's been the point of this church planting thing all along. Not to start a cult of personality that lives and dies with me or any individual, but to start a local branch of the universal church of Jesus Christ, which relies on his supernatural power. A church of Jesus Christ which relies on him as the good shepherd regardless of who gets to stand up front. After I leave, it will be up to you to decide what you wish to become or what God wishes for you to become. And so I leave you with these three words as you decide what it is you're going to be tomorrow. Be the church. Don't be a nonprofit organization. Don't be the Federal Department of Jesus. Don't be the Battalion of Jesus. Don't be the Corps of Jesus. Don't be the business of Jesus. Be the church. Be the church. Be the church. Pastor Matt Benton, I need you. Praise God for Pastor Matt Benton.